Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pachet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mindshifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the word Start Here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, And that chapter of that book contains a narrative description of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download the file, print it out, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process and a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. And we help people do all of that soon and often because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives as they apply these tools in their lives. It also tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, please give us a call at 563-999-3581. And when you call that number, if you press 1, it will put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I will turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code, and we can have a conversation. If you're listening in the archives to this and you want to reach out to us, You can do that by emailing me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org 
or you can email Jeannie at J-E-A-N-I-E at yagain.org. That's W-H-Y-A-G-A-I-N dot O-R-G. And we always appreciate when people do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. The intention we have with this work is to be a service. And if you will let us know how we can be of service, we will endeavor to fulfill that request. If you send us an email, we'll address the comment or question on the Internet show and then, as time allows, send you a note letting you know what day and time your question was discussed and you can listen back to the archives for the input. The archives... I, I don't really know what to say about the archives as a powerful tool um, because whatever the uh, the situation is, my my benefit from having that goes beyond words. The um, there's a 28 minute segment I listened back to this morning from March 15th of 2019 and on the org website it's labeled Susan B. on Mindshifters Radio Excerpt on Fear with Dr. Tim 3-15-2019 I listened to that and I thought this, this 28 minutes of interaction and what was flowing out of it needs to be, it needs its own special page. I mean, I'm going to be listening to it again in the next day or two just because it's it, the stuff is flowing out of me. I can't even, I don't remember that I said this stuff. It was clearly in a flow in the interaction between Susan Bingham and myself, and it's stuff I need to remember in my own life. You know, in the uh, Internet show yesterday, I did a worksheet, and I did a worksheet on interactions that happened um, a week ago on Tuesday. And I did the worksheet, and the emotion that I had specified was confusion. And as soon as I canceled the goal and got clear about what my mind was doing to create the confusion, I became very clear that I was creating the confusion to hide from myself the emotion of sadness. Well, unless I'm willing to engage a tool like this, I don't, in the moment when the emotion of confusion is up or the emotion of anger is up or the emotion of sadness is up, my mind wants me to believe I'm upset sad, confused, hurt, angry about what's going on in the world in front of me right then and there. And unless I engage a tool like this, I can't look beneath the surface. I can't figure out how, you know, the bottom line observation says, If I have a negative thought about myself or somebody else or a negative emotion active in my mind, 
I can instantly know it is not about what's going on in that moment. This is an old tape playing in my mind. It's a liar based in a falsehood. And if I let myself sit and spin with those thoughts or speak or take an action from that, I'm just going to be adding this negative emotional energy to my life. I can't make my life better by believing what my mind is telling me whenever there's a negative emotion or a negative thought active in my mind. And in that excerpt on fear from March of 2019, Susan Bingham is calling the Internet show with this fear, a fear that's up fear that's up for her that her mind is telling her about some that it's about something she read in a book and what we know and 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 what one of the most liberating things about this work is that i can know with full certainty that when i have a negative emotion active in my mind it's not about what my mind is telling me it's about so um Please feel free to make use of these archives both at whyagain.org and on the mindshiftersacademy.org website. Um, when I when I think about uh, how how I've, I've worked with the um, the search factor that's available on mindshiftersacademy.org. It's kind of innocuous, but it's on on most pages at the top. It's the upper right, and it's a little picture of a magnifying glass. If you click in that and you type in Susan B. and hit enter and scroll down, you'll see the, the one that's listed excerpt from Mindshifters Radio 315-2019. If you click on that, it will take you to the page that just has that on it. And you can listen to that 28-minute audio. Um, so when I first put that website up, the search function wasn't as useful as it is now. So rather than creating another web page, you can just search for Susan B. and scroll down, and it's 315-2019. Just this wonderful exchange and flow of thoughts about how we are not upset about what's going on in our minds at the time, at the conscious level. And yet our conscious logical mind wants us to believe that's exactly what we're upset about. That's what we're afraid of. That's what we're confused about. That's what we have anger about. So as I was um, working with the worksheet yesterday I was doing the worksheet on confusion about what was happening the week before and it was happening in a meeting and in the meeting um, what the people were saying and doing seemed to me quite clearly to be incongruent in other words they were sending mixed messages they were saying one thing and meaning another um, there was actually a point at which 
one of the people said, it's not that X, Y, and Z is coming to an end. And what we know in this work is, if X, Y, and Z weren't coming to an end in that person's mind, they would never make that statement. I hope that's clear. If indeed X, Y, and Z wasn't coming to an end, their mind would never have shown them the statement that contains the phrase X, Y, and Z coming to an end. So their mind would have shown them a statement like X, Y, and Z is healthy and thriving. X, Y, and Z is succeeding beyond our wildest expectations, etc. And when that's not what's happening, my mind will serve up a deeper truth or at least a hidden part of my mind that's actually um, that, that contains this belief slash fear if it's something I don't want that X, Y, and Z is coming to an end. And it may or may not be coming to an end. That's not the point. The point is I won't say those words unless some part of my mind is thinking that's the truth. So, so here we are. I'm, you know, I'm past my mid-60s. I'm a psychologist. I'm sitting in my own office comfortably, climate-controlled. I'm watching a video screen last week, and, um, and what I'm hearing and seeing on the video screen is stirring up thoughts and images, and my mind says, Tim, you are too confused right now to say or do anything of use. And the confusion was so strong that every time I tried to formulate something I could say, another part of my mind just said, no, don't say anything. You can't. Your emotions are too strong. It's better to just reserve comments for later. And so that was all I was willing to say on that call. And then, of course, yesterday I did the worksheet that as soon as I canceled the goal to understand why these people were saying what they were saying or why they weren't addressing their emotions more directly, um, I got in touch with sadness. So the worksheet for today is I, Tim, who am love, I'm experiencing sadness. And the worksheet, I'm on the app, and the worksheet reminds me to use a separate worksheet for each emotion. And I might have several. If X, Y, and Z is coming to an end, I might have irritation, frustration, or resentment. But right now, the strongest one is sadness. And the worksheet reminds me that hostility and fear, or any of the stepchildren of that negative emotion that we call fear, they're part of an internal process in me that's based on corrupt data that's using my mind's constructs to create the problem and then thinking, let's just do more of that to see if we can end the problem. And it only cycles. It doesn't resolve anything. 
In this work, it's called sustained incoherence. And my denial of the fact that it's a process inside me that's causing my emotions causes me to forget that my true nature is love and that I'm perfectly safe. And it tells me that my emotions are being caused by someone or something outside of me. In this case, it's um, this X, Y, and Z meeting. Um, I'm just making a quick note here in the app. And X, Y, and Z may be coming to an end. And then I breathe and I soften. Sometimes if the emotions are too strong, I'll do a round or two of EFT tapping before I move on. And I soften and I breathe and I remind myself this is just energy. It's completely safe to feel it. And then step D, 1D in the worksheet says, the truth is only my thoughts cause my emotional upset. The thoughts that I'm using right now to cause the emotion of sadness are um, I'm just going to put it's over and um, it's a big loss There's a lot of energy, a lot of time, intelligence, money, and energy put into that project. And if it's over, I'm going to miss it. It's a big loss. I'm going to miss it, is, is my thought. And in step 1E, it asks me if I have a punishment thought for the trigger, the people in that meeting. And um, I'm just going to put my punishment thought is to stay withdrawn. And then at the current time, I don't have a punishment thought that I'm aware of for myself. So the worksheet asks me to breathe into and release and surrender myself, my emotion of sadness, the board group of board people that um, my thoughts about it, the emotion of sadness, the dynamic that's happening, and um, the thought that it's over and I'm going to miss it, and my desire to stay withdrawn from them, and also to cancel my need to be right, to to just breathe into this and say, look, your mind wants you to believe you know what happened in that meeting, you know what's going on, and you know that it's ended, and, and I'm just going to cancel my need to know any of that. And I'm going to cancel my need to make up another story that because I I know what I heard and I know what I saw and I know how these things go, that I'm going to experience this big loss and I'm going to miss it. I cancel that and I breathe and soften. 
and I open to the possibility that since this emotion of sadness is active in my mind, I may not be perceiving things accurately. The next step in the worksheet is step two, and it asks me to choose to love truth, to honor truth above all else, and to willingly face and process out all of the disease-producing energies, energies for and from all of my interactions and relations today and all of the generations and to be willing to go through the physical, mental, and emotional symptoms of healing. And I check those boxes and I breathe. And then I'm looking for the constructive result. And the constructive result I want for this is that I want... um, I want this, um, I'm going to say, this project to succeed and continue, to continue and succeed. And I want people to be on the same page about it, to be communicating as a team about it. I'm just taking a minute to type that in the little box. And then I hit next, and it brings up step four. And in step four, I'm going to do this quick little meditation to choose to reconnect my conscious awareness to my essence, the nature of love, creation's energy expressing in form. I'm just going to breathe and soften and go to one of my memory, many memories of joy and aliveness and contentment, appreciation. I'm going to breathe into that until I feel a shift in my heart space. It's pretty easy to do right now. And then I go on to step five. And step five, it asks me to Remember that when I'm upset, the pictures my mind is showing me, the perception, the things I'm hearing and seeing are built out of corrupt data. And the thing that drives my mind to use that particular data is that the people in this board meeting is the goal that the people in the board meeting will continue and succeed and communicate well about it. And the worksheet reminds me that this perception is a limiting, limited picture constructed from a maximum of nine bits of data when there's 10,000 brain cells firing and probably 20 trillion bits of data are hitting my senses. So it's just a fraction of a fraction of a percent. And that by canceling my goal, my replicate mind, that part of my mind that can only just do the same thing over and over again, and create what it's already created, that mind, part of my mind, will collapse and give me some direct contact with the denied and dissociated parts of my carbon-based memory. And that denied and dissociated part of my carbon-based memory is always projecting and blaming others and other things for its content. 
So while I hold love conscious, active, and present, I now choose to collapse my mind's lies by willingly canceling my goal for this group to continue and succeed and to communicate well. And I invite Ruka to Kucha, the internal connection to a higher wisdom within each of us, to incline me towards healing, to restore my awareness to my true nature as the newborn essence of love, to heal my denial and heal my capacity to generate sadness and help me open a direct conscious relationship with and gently remove any denied, dissociated, and projected parts of my carbon-based memory. And I just breathe and soften, and I say to myself, I cancel my need to be right. I cancel my need for anyone or anything to change, including myself. I specifically cancel my goal in this worksheet, and I ask to be shown the hidden part of my own mind that's actually creating this upset. I just breathe and soften and put myself in the most open, allowing space I can. And the first thing that flashes into my mind is that I'm 18 years old and I'm at a Catholic college. So I'm breathing into this to see what's here. And I see a direct connection that is not logical, but it is very strongly emotional to the hurt and confusion I felt when I went to the Catholic college expecting people to be practicing the Catholic all the rituals and all the prayers and all of the going to church every Sunday, if not every day of the week. And, you know, I expected to people to have people who were pious and studying the Bible and saying their own individual prayers and praying in groups. And instead, what I found was college kids drinking, drugging, having sex, fighting, And so so here's the same kind of confusion and hurt and sadness that came up last Tuesday in this meeting. This is not what I expected. I expected that I would have been communicated with about this before the meeting, that the the pattern of professionalism and effective communication would be there, and none of it was. It just, it. I, I felt, the word I've used several times since the meeting on Tuesday was I felt gobsmacked. And that's exactly how I felt when I got to school and I realized how dramatically different the actuality of life at school was going to be compared to what I had projected onto, you know, school at a Catholic college my experience at a catholic college 
So I'm breathing, I'm softening, I'm scanning my body, and I'm feeling kind of like a a queasy feeling in the pit of my stomach. And and yet I'm feeling some relief. So I'm putting in in 6A queasy feeling in stomach and relief. And I suppose the relief is from the sadness. I'm not feeling the sadness, but I'm feeling a queasy feeling in the stomach, which may or may not be related to this. And about the situation, I'm just making a note for myself, college, freshman year, and I will have no trouble recalling that because it was such a poignant experience for me and I've done a lot of work in therapy on that over the years and so I asked to be shown a time when I have not been honest about successes and failures or committed or or communicated well so I'm going to put communicated well about successes and failures And a couple of things were popping to mind about places where I was operating from intense emotion and not as clear in my communications, or I was actually obscuring the truth in my communications. So that's places for more worksheets in the future. So the breath or two, I move on to step seven. Step seven says, a principle of the universe is that by giving, I first get the original. So I'm going to try and generate gratitude for this situation, for this situation that I interpreted so negatively that I felt gobsmacked on last Tuesday. I'm going to choose truth, capital T, truth. In other words, I'm going to choose to ask to be shown what's actually happening aside from my distorted perception, perception that would generate a negative emotion or a recurring negative thought. I'm going to choose perfect love. In other words, I'm going to choose to remember to reset the filter in my mind over intention to Rachma, away from hostility and fear, and set it to Rachma so that I can only intend positive loving intentions and only those positive loving intentions can be used to motivate my behaviors and the truly loving goal I'm going to set is two more worksheets for this tension in my stomach And thoughts of disappointment about my freshman year at college. 
And that's literally... A, a loving thing to do for the people that I'm trying to interact with now almost 50 years later or or actually 50 years later because if I don't get rid of that energy of disappointment thoughts of disappointment and the negative emotions that go with it they're likely to keep getting resonated when I interact with the people in my life today And that will just distort my perception and make it difficult, if not impossible, for me to interact with them from this clean, clear space of love and, and clarity. So I commit to love, to living a human life, and I'm going to do a mass canceling of all the times I've wanted anybody in my life to communicate clearly and be honest about failures. And I started with an upset level that was at a six and it's down to about a a two at this point. So I'm marking it a successful worksheet and I'm gonna send that to myself so I can review it later. And that's one of the things the app does that I like And I'm just going to breathe here for a minute and see if anybody has any comments or questions. 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, we can entertain your comments or questions. My phone is telling me that I was successful in sending that worksheet to myself for future reference. And we have Susan on the phone, 610. Hi, Dr. Tim. Um, Amazing work. Could you say more about, you mentioned it twice, something about to communicate clearly about failures. I don't even know. Yes. Okay, well, here's what happened a week from uh, a week ago yesterday. I was on this board meeting, and this project's been going for quite a few years, and I'm on the board, and it's a lot of time, energy, and money, and heart and soul and emotion invested in it. And the people got on the call and said, well, here's the good news. And when anybody says, you know, here's the good news, what resonates right. in your mind? Yeah, Yeah, there's, there's the other side of the coin, but let's start with the good news. That's what happened. And then every time they, after they talked about the good news, as they were talking about the not so good stuff, they kept presenting it and saying, but it's not really that. So there, all of these mixed messages. Basically, everything else about the call was, this project is folding up. This project did not succeed. This project didn't pan out the way we wanted. This project doesn't have any money. This project is going away. And yet they kept saying, but the project's not going away. And and they said things like, and to the outside world, it's going to seem 
you know, pretty much business as usual. Well, why would you say mm-hmm. to the outside world it's going to be business as usual unless you're contrasting that to what it's going to look like from behind the scenes? Mm-hmm. So that's this. That's the thing I was doing the worksheet on yesterday where what I generated in response to all of those, what I read as mixed messages, yesterday I was generating confusion until I did mm-hmm. the worksheet. And in the worksheet, when I canceled the goal to understand or to have them be congruent in their message, I tapped into sadness. Mm. So today, when I did the worksheet on sadness and I canceled my goal for this project to move forward and and be a success, I flashed on this time when I went to college and I was 18 years old. I, I turned 18, you know, as I was driving to college, so it was mm, I wasn't wow. eighteen I wasn't eighteen my senior year of high school. I was one of those kids who was younger by half a year to a year than other people I went to school with and so in my idyllic state, I'd been to Roman Catholic kindergarten grade school, high school, and now I was headed to a a Roman Catholic college, a small school. It had a seminary on the premises. It used to be a seminary. And mm-hmm. and so I'm thinking, I'm going to go to this place where all of these people think and feel the way I do and go to Mass on a regular basis and never miss a Sunday and often go during the week if they need a little spiritual boost or whatever. And instead, what I hit was the wall of high school kids going to college and college kids that mm-hmm. have been a away from their home for two or three years and they're fighting with each other and they're having sex and they're doing drugs and drinking and they're skipping classes and when I would go to the masses that they would hold the place would be all but empty and none of the people that I met in my dorm would be going and so it was just a real shock to my system that everything that had been presented about this college and it's Catholic philosophy and 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 my interpretation of what had been presented was radically different than what I experienced when I got there. And when I went into that meeting a week ago yesterday, what I had thought we were as a group and what I had expected from them in terms of honest communication was just completely different than what I encountered. Mm. And it was shocking to my system. I, I, I remember saying the word a, a few times to other people and to myself in this past week. I felt absolutely gobsmacked in that meeting a week ago yesterday. And that's a word I probably didn't know my freshman year of, of college, but it really fits. I felt like I was just knocked in the face with a four-by-four. Michael Rice would say, cancel the thought. But I just felt like uh, shocked, shocked beyond comprehension. And so now I'm aware, having having done this worksheet, now I'm aware that the upset I was feeling a week ago yesterday had almost nothing to do with that meeting and my adult ability as a licensed clinical psychologist with 
you know, almost 49 years of experience doing therapy to handle a disappointment like that. It had to do with how I felt as an 18-year-old, like cut loose and untethered, surrounded by an actuality that was nothing like what I had expected. I felt completely Mm. unable to process that, to deal with it. And so I I understand as I sit here, even though I've done a lot of work on on that over the years in therapy, there's more for me to do. Mm. And the the critical piece that, that is useful for me today in my adult life is now I get to soften up and realize, oh, all those intense emotions that I was feeling last week, maybe 10% of them of the intensity is related to what was happening last week. At least 80 to 90% of it is old stuff from when I was a high Mm. school student going to college for the first time and I felt, you know, stripped naked and powerless and lied to and, like you said, bait and switch, and I didn't have any way to deal with it at the time. Yeah. Did I answer your question adequately? (laughs) Yeah. I've just been thinking about why this process, you doing this on the radio show, the way you're doing it is so riveting and compelling for a listener. Whereas recently I had an experience where somebody was telling me something that meant a lot to him, but somehow it was very hard for me to focus. I kept drawing my mind back to him saying in my mind, I love you and I bless you. And I bless you in your clarity and coherence your ability to communicate. I don't know. This is my garbage, obviously, but what is the difference between... Yesterday was the same. It was just a really good, interesting, engaging, rich show. And you're a person... Well, the way you would get... Well, the the way you would get access to that within yourself is to do the worksheets because right now let's 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 be clear about this right i mean if i if i just stepped into this for the first time and i heard some of these worksheets and then i might think that 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 what dr hayes or dr rice or guy finley is saying is that your conscious logical mind is always wrong and worthless and that's not what's happening right so your conscious logical mind is stellar. It's decidedly above average. It provides you very good answers on a regular basis about things that are within its field of reference and its purview. Mm -hmm. So if the answer to the question you just asked was in the conscious logical realm, the first time you ask that question about what's the difference between my reaction to Dr. Tim doing a worksheet on the Internet show and this person who was telling me something that he really was really important to him, what's the difference in my reaction? 
if it was a conscious logical thing, as soon as you asked that question, the answer would be there. So because you ask the question and draw a blank, you know mm-hmm. instantaneously the answer is emotionally based, it's implicit, it's hidden, and the only way to get at it that I know of is use the tools. Diedrich Wolzak's worksheet, Michael Rice's worksheet, Byron Katie's worksheet, EFT tapping, the neuroemotional technique, the mind shifter targeted journaling. Because if I sit and ask myself and start to think about it at that conscious logical level, I'm going to be doing what David Bohm calls sustained incoherence. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's I hope that makes some sense. I got it. It does make sense. In fact, in our in our um, Zoom group that we have, I sent out a teaser yesterday, which was, in what ways do I continue taking the victim position, even though I don't intend to, I know about it, I know about blaming, Michael's talking about how the world religion of today is the religion of blame, and I'm thinking, I've gotten pretty subtle with my position taking, but I am looking at the ways I still allow person to be my persecutor, and I asked it on the on the Zoom thing, and we had this lively discussion where we all admitted we do it, and we don't intend to do it, don't want to do it, and we've gotten pretty good at hiding how we do it from ourselves. Uh, And you've just pointed out that I did it again. I just did it again. When I told you about this situation, listening to a person that I'm having trouble focusing on. So, thanks. You did it. Well, and, 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 so, and so if you'd like, we could help you frame out the worksheet that will help you find out the answer to your question. Sure. You now, want you know, to do that? One, or, one, or you? one of the things that comes to mind as soon as I finish that sentence was that the bottom line observations are – are, you know, they're a, a hidden tool in this work for the most part. I mean, I, I give them to almost every patient that comes a first or second session. They're, they're these observations that have earned their way onto that list. It started with three, and now it's, you know, 49 years later, it's up to 10 total. So I don't think I've gone hog wild. But one of those works, <laughs> one yeah. of those lists lists on that bottom line observation says, I will never be upset about anything anybody else ever says or does or doesn't do that I think they should unless Mm -hmm. I'm still judging myself negatively for the same or similar thing. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking at, in a worksheet like this, when I'm framing it out, I'm going to be looking at the emotion and it might be irritation or distraction. Yeah. And then I'm going to be looking at the thought I'm using to create it. And so I'm going to mm-hmm. say, oh, well, this person is being impatient, or this person is being ingenuine, or this person is being um, stubborn, or this whatever that quality is that I come up with. 
that mm-hmm. my mind is telling me this is why I'm upset with this person or that person, whatever that quality is, I'm eventually going to find out that I'm still judging myself negatively for times either in the recent or distant past, it doesn't matter, where I have done that and I'm still judging myself negatively for doing that. Mm, That's so good. True. It's true. So... And so to you frame out that very, worksheet, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think Celinda said she wanted to do a worksheet on the show today. I don't know whether she's on or wants to do that, and there's not much time. Um, and I can certainly take a stab on my own and bring it in tomorrow if she's on and hoping to do a worksheet, because she said it twice on two consecutive radio shows. Yeah, um, but for whatever reason, I don't see her number, and and there's no hand up. Oh, okay. So. All right. Okay. Good. It's so already if you, working. <laughs> yeah, I'm already getting some realizations, connections. Yeah. Okay. Well, and we don't need to, you know, air it publicly if you don't want to. If this is a situation for somebody that you don't want this out there, but now you're you're in the ballpark. You can say, okay, all you really need to do now is figure out the emotion, and mm-hmm. whether you know, if I were if I were saying the words you were saying, I might use the emotion of irritation, yeah. or resentment, or distraction. Yeah. And, and we can debate whether or not distraction is an emotion. But if if I have right. energy in me that keeps me from focusing, it's it's worth right. my time to put that as an emotion. If I can't think of another mm-hmm. emotion, like if I if I can't really settle on irritation or frustration or resentment, then if I put the distraction in there, and then I go to okay, so what's the thought that's that that recurring negative thought or repetitive thought, even if it's not negative, that is in my mind that's distracting me from what I want to focus on, now I've got a worksheet. I've got the thought in 1D, I've got myself yeah. in 1A, the emotion in 1B, and the dynamic, you know, this person talking to me about something that's very important to them and me not being able to focus. Mm-hmm. And then, and then all I need yeah. is the goal. What's my goal in that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, there are already about four worksheets in here. Because I'm irritated, I'm frustrated, I'm resenting, I feel as if I'm wasting time, as if this is irrelevant, this won't help, uh, whatever the situation is. I'm thinking about um, having a goal of trying to get some progress with this person, get some resolution to a life situation, <clears throat> yet the person is telling me all about successes in the past and commendations earned and wonderful gigs and times before, and kind of we're losing time because there's only so much air time between us before somebody has to do something or go somewhere or runs out of the capacity to relate to the other one. Anyway, you can see this is sort of a hydra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, and it's good that you're 
mapping it out that way, right? So if I was... I've written them down, yeah. Yeah, if I was committed to doing it, that's what I'd be writing down. I'd be writing down those different emotions and the thought about how we're running out of time and this isn't productive and all that stuff. All that stuff, yep. Juicy. Oh, man. Right. So... I'm glad that the uh, the doing of the worksheet yesterday and today is something you're finding useful and that it's prompting mm-hmm. your own ideas about worksheets for yourself. And I look forward to either supporting you in doing them on future shows and or hearing about it if you've done them and you want to report nice. details or results. Anything else from you today? Well, there are questions about your 18-year-old self at school, but this gets into your life and your own private life and so forth like that. I guess um, it seems wonderful and amazing and and poignant to me that an 18-year-old boy would head for school and have an idea in his mind that's so strong about his own place in life and his devotional life and your plans for having a continuation of what must have been overall a very rich religious training. I know there were problems along the way, I think you've mentioned, but, and then to get there and find this whole other scene, it just paints a pretty vivid picture. Also, the situation in the present of the the loss of time, the loss of a dream, the thwarting of a project. I hope, I hope I may be out of line thinking all these things, but I just hope that you can find where those people really are and that all isn't lost. But this is just me having, setting up goals that you may not, that up yourself and <clears throat> well but here's here's the the, the the critical piece of this which is providing this sense of relief right away that that is a, a general uh it, this is generalizable from my worksheet yesterday and today to all of my worksheets and for anybody who wants it any of your worksheets mm. what what happened a week ago yesterday and what got generated in me in terms of negative emotions was only maybe 10% about what happened a week ago. And it was 80 or 90% what happened and I downloaded it from being an 18-year-old at college that first Mm. year when I didn't have, Mm. you know, 50 more years of experience training as a doctorate in clinical psychology, you know, almost 50 years of experience in therapy. And so I was completely without resources and I was getting flooded with those emotions and I didn't have any way to deal with them. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I make that connection today, I realize that the flood of emotions from 
a week ago yesterday were not about a week ago yesterday. And that's where the sense of relief comes from. Oh, okay. You had said that, but I'm glad you're saying it again. I lost that. So you have a lot more latitude then to deal with this present situation. Latitude, resources, internal personal sense of strength and safety, consistency of you know my experience of life, my perception of myself and others, on all these different levels, mm. that's where the relief comes from almost instantaneously. Yeah. Mm, so good. And and so the the issue that that gets you know like just settled in rock solid is this is not about what I saw on the screen. This is not about mm-hmm. the fate of that project. It's not about the project. Mm-hmm. It's not about someone outside of me communicating ineffectively. And while those things happen and they still beg for some communication, action, steps, etc., on my part, they are not driving my emotional experience. And you'll be a lot more effective when you do yes. communicate. Because I will be able to do what part of my mind was telling me I was upset with them for not doing, which was to be clear, right, to have consistent, Mm -hmm. clear messages instead of mixed messages. I will be able to do what my mind was telling me I was upset with them for not doing. Right. Right. All right. Well, we're down to our last minute or so, so I will mute you so you can listen in. I once again appreciate your questions here and comments, and I look forward to follow-up as you see fit to share it. Blessings. Thanks. Blessings, too. I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of the stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. Welcome, Jeannie Rice. I turn on your microphone. <laughs> Thank you. I was in the other room, but didn't realize I hadn't turned it on. All right. Well, have a, a wonderful show. Thanks for the follow-up on yesterday's show. I look forward to yeah. getting that downloaded. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me know. All right. You're welcome and deserving. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of MindShifters Radio. And today is Wednesday, January the 18th, 2023. And our call-in number is 563-999-3581. And press 1, and that puts you in the queue to talk to us. And we'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. While we're giving Michael just a minute to dial in, I will invite you, if you go to the website, one of the easiest ways you can find the latest things that I've updated on the website is um, if you go to uh, Multimedia and then go down to More. Um, Also under News, I've listed the latest links. We've done a new article on Healing from the Ground Up, Homegrown Park, um, 
sending people to the YouTube channel. We've added several videos there, and I'm happy to say that our subscribers are now over a 1,000, so that's awesome. Thank you all. There's a new article from Michael on how to uh, forgiveness, information on the fundraiser and the super sale, and then there's new pages that we've added to the website, one on emotions, one on marijuana and other anesthetics, and one on healing insanity with lessons from the past. So there's several new things out there. Um, so go out and uh, and check them out. And then also, um, I'm putting information out there. It hasn't been solidified just yet, but um, there's a good possibility that we will be doing something at Heartland in July. There's a, a group from um, Steiner Waldorf Education that's wanting to use the facilities for a meeting. Um, for a week or two, uh, the first starting August the 6th. And so to do that, since the facility has been closed for four years, um, we'll need to uh, do a 16-day food fund forgiveness and work and um, get the property ready and the buildings ready and um, get ready for that group to be there. And if there's enough interest, then either, and I'm not sure if Michael's thinking of putting it between Food Fund and this group using the facility or after the group uses the facility, but um, on one end or the other, there's a possibility of doing either a nine-day Y or 17-day teacher's training, do it in person instead of by Zoom. So those are possibilities. If you're interested in any of that, please let us know sooner than later. And uh, as soon as this group solidifies whether they're going to use the facility, then we'll be putting more information out there. And you can find that on the website if you go under Schedules. You can click on Flyers. You can click on Heartland. There's several places you can find that. It's also under News, and it's also under More. So welcome, Michael. And I hear you talking, but you're not coming through the phone. Ah, that old mute challenge. That's always fun. I know. And I was and you I've been do already have with, a hand uh, up. Yeah. Two four eight? No, it's uh Susan six one zero. But there okay. is a two four eight on there, but they don't have their hand up. Okay, well I found I I've been talking with him about stepping into and doing some work on our worksheet, so maybe we could go ahead and and see what uh what's happening and give him an answer. He probably didn't understand putting his hand up. Okay. Um that so I will turn on the microphone for two four eight. You're on the air. Hi, how how does one put their hand up here? You put you press pushing one, one on your phone. Oh, push one. Oh, yep. there you go. But we got you. <laughs> but I got you turned so you on. You don't even so have to okay. do that. Okay. So how do you be, young All man? Right. Not well. Life is giving you opportunities you. to learn forgiveness today again. Still? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Apparently, yeah. 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 So how can thanks, we support you? Michael. I. <laughs> I. Uh, I'm. I'm really angry today. I. I um, I'm having a hard time physically. I I was malpracticed upon by a, a doctor, and and uh, I I really I'm suffering from um, a lot of brain trauma and inability to walk well, and um, and uh, and or or think all that clearly, and um, 
and I just was um, talking to an insurance person who told me that the doctor I I did finally see uh, to fix it is a doctor that she would not have seen. I thought, oh, good, more more malpractice. Before that, three or four years before that, there was a neurologist who totally, in terms of uh, not not telling me what the problem was and how to get it handled in a timely manner. And so as a result, it seems that I've got, it could be a permanent a permanent condition um, of inability to walk or uh, do much of anything. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of it today, Michael. That's kind of it. But I've got a 16-year-old well, daughter to take care of, and I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm only 74. I, you know, I, I, this is not how I plan to live my last 10 or 15 years. I hear that. So what's the main, if you were to put a word to it, the main emotion that's going on for you right now? Anger. Anger. Or outrage, maybe, outrage. Okay, well, in my experience, anger is always an internally produced drug that anesthetizes against feeling, feeling something deeper. And it sounds like you've got lots to uh, to feel some pretty I, I deep think, emotion I mean, about. I, I think grief would be a huge one. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like the core of it. And and is your as you you know just sit with it, is your mind pointing it toward the doctor, toward your life situation? Where, where's where's your mind if you were to say I'm really enraged at mm, outraged. Well, I can sure point fingers at the doctors, but I, I'm I'm really feeling grief about my life situation. This is not how Just I plan to live my last couple of years. Yeah. Right. Well, the first thing I'll do is I'll just uh, join you in taking a couple of breaths. And, you know, one of the the fastest way to healing is getting back to a connected space of love so that at least there's a, a power supply for cells to recover what can be recovered and be at peace with what can't. Would you like to step into doing a worksheet? Yes, I'm, I'm there now. Okay. Do you have a copy of the worksheet there, the seventh step? I, I, I'm looking at healing the whole woman, the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual connections, the whole being from your website. Okay. And which, what is the worksheet titled that you're looking at? Current seven, current seven step wake up sheet. Seven step. Okay. Perfect. So that's the one you me so That would be the one. You don't have a – so are you looking at the live one that you can actually do on the website? Yes. Cool. Okay. That's a, that so is a great then, idea. So as you, uh, you look at that page, you know, it starts out and talks about uh, what rea- – looking at the fact that reality is a construct of the mind. Perception is something that my mind sets up. And ultimately, whatever life situation we're in, whatever's going on in our world, we're going to have a much better chance of 
handling it with grace and positive outcomes if we remain connected to love rather than in old emotional traumas. And so not, the idea of forgiveness... Seeing, I'm, not, I'm, not seeing, I'm not seeing that on this wake-up sheet, what you just said. Okay. So, I, again, I'm not sure exactly. I, I thought you'd ha- have a printed one, but uh, I'll just go through the, the first couple of thoughts. Here, I can go to Facebook and message you the link to where I am. Would that help? Um. Yeah, you could do that, and I can uh, be there step-by-step with you. Actually, the easiest way would be if you go to just the why again and click. um, You scroll down a little bit, and there's a a quick print, and it says wake-up sheet, and it goes directly to the current wake-up sheet. Whyagain.org? Yep. And you want me to go to the free forgiveness support wake-up sheets or what? Or what? You can do that. You can um, any point. You if you click on start here, up in the top left corner. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, and then scroll down, and there's one that says um, it's like the third link down. It says stress reality wake up sheets mini versions. So if you go to that page, and then the first first one on the page is the current seven step. Or if you still have a live one access there, I followed your link, John, so I've got the same thing on my page as as you've got with that live one, if that's still easy. Current seven-step wake-up sheet, reality management, all that? That's it. Okay. So the idea, you know, if we read through it, um, and Jeannie, for for someone anyone else who wants to follow along with that one, the easiest way to get to the live worksheet, sweetie, on the site. Um, if you, if you go to the, uh, um, hold on just a second, sweetheart. If you go to the um, the same page that I said, go to start here and then down to the reality stress management, and then you scroll down. Oh, where is it? It's not there. I'll have to put it on that one then. Um, okay. Here, Jeannie. Um, yeah. Let me. John had just sent me a link to that page. Oh, there's actually a link. It says "Wake Up Sheets to Be Completed Online." So if you there go, it is. You just start here and then just scroll down. "Wake Up Sheets to Be Completed Online," and then you click there, and it takes you directly to it. Current seven step. Yeah. Perfect. So we'll just go through each step there. My apology for the uh, the delay, John. So reality management, wake up sheet, change your mind, change your life, and the definition of reality, my perceptual output constructed by my mind, and that it, it notes that this is a tool for waking up from and changing the, the output of the mind, my, my reality. So there's a premise that goes along with this whole body of work, and that's the first thing stated in the worksheet belief that introduction. My essential nature as human human life, my very being is love. And, of course, if one forgets about that, you can go back to the time when you were first held your daughter and uh, tap into her essence. 
And the goal of this yeah. internal forgiveness wake-up sheet is to empower me to remove fear and or hostility and return to the direct experience of love 24-7, 365. So the first step is uh, my emotional upset level. So on a scale of 1 to 10, there's 0 to 10, what that would be, be a, your that level would be of upset? A 10. That would We're be at a 10. 10. Okay. And then the first step in every time one goes into the forgiveness process, we suggest that you clarify in your mind and proclaim who you are. So you put your name in number one, number oh. one A, I, and you put your name in. Oh, I love. So you're starting out with a statement of clearly who you are. Okay, so, so I, I have I, I John is in the first number one, number one eight. Right. Whom love, I'm experiencing. Identify your emotions. So, what, what would be the most accurate word? We threw out a, two or three earlier. Well, grief. Grief. Okay, let's do. Grief. So grief, grief and. Are you, yeah. Okay. That that. <laughs> Well, let's go, you know, each different emotion, we'll see as we unfold it, has a different thought behind it. And what we're looking to do is capture the root of the thought. And when that is exposed to love, then the feeling that comes from that thought starts to shift. So let's just, and so what we suggest is each different feeling would be a separate worksheet. So let's do the grief feeling here. So 1B would be grief. Yeah. And then, as it says, use a separate worksheet for each emotion. Hostility and fear are from internal corrupt data and indicate my use of sustained incoherence to build this disturbing internal construct. And that um, idea of sustained incoherence is something that comes from the work of uh, a man named David Bohm, who was a physicist, uh, actually a, a cohort of Einstein, worked in Einstein's lab for some time. And, and, this, and this guy as a physicist also worked in the realm of the mind. And he came up with this idea of sustained incoherence and that what humans do is they get locked into a channeled way of thinking, creating emotions, and then externalize that and think that it's something coming from outside of them, not realizing that it's their thinking that's creating their emotion. And to keep to sustain or to keep thinking that way is to live in what he defined as sustained incoherence. So when my mind keeps going back to the same energy over and over and over again, according to David Bohm, that would be sustained incoherence, and that's how I get stuck in this internal construct. And if you look at, you know, there's certainly a whole complex of things going on here you've, you've acknowledged. And if you look at how much of your life has been taken up by that merry-go-round of feelings, hostility, rage, grief, sadness. How does that look like? How much of your life has been, you know? Oh, oh how, uh, uh, since this happened, um, 75%. And how about before this happened? Once again, if you just looked at this kind of complex that's going on. Is it something you recognize from many times in your life? Not the grace. Not the grace. No. If you look at situations or circumstances where maybe change has been imposed on you from the outside or so it seemed, 
it was change you didn't really want to make or engage in? Is yeah, it's a that complex. Too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've had that. Okay. So the next step is moving into the idea of denial. And in this work, there's a specific definition for that word, word denial. And that is that when I think or speak as though something outside of me is a cause of what's moving inside of me, then I have to hide the root of what's happening inside of me. And anger as a drug is one of the ways that we hide things from ourselves. You know, you, you look at the, the famous song for the alcoholic is what? Feeling no pain. And how do I get to feeling no pain? I just take more and more of this substance in and, gee, I'm, I'm anesthetized. And so the offering of this, that when I go into denial, my and CBM basically speaks of the fact that our bodies are made, the base element is carbon, and that's where our memory is stored. So when I think or speak as though something outside of me, this is imposed by what they did and not the way I plan my life, then it displaces, it, it, my mind then generates a construct based in pain that blocks or displaces my experience of myself as the truth of who I am as love and tells me the lie that my emotions are caused by what's going on outside of me, by my trigger. And so that's just kind of a preamble to now keying into what's the story, what, what's the story behind my reality. So my story, my reality is that, and here you name the object of attention, uh, and so if you, this grief, would the object of attention then just be my life? So you're saying under D, the truth is only my number thoughts. Number one. Where we at? So we're number one C. My story, my reality is that. Oh, my story, my reality is that the is that, oh, I see, I, I had doctor's names done that before I was looking at malpractice, um, is that uh, my life, okay, I do that. So then the first box would be my life. My life. And the second box. Yeah. So what, if you were to put it in a succinct way, what would you be saying about your life and the situation you're in now? It's greatly handicapped, diminished. Um, my opportunities for enjoying life um, are, are, are just minimal. Um, I, had to, I had, to, had to move away from my 16-year-old daughter because of the, this, this problem I've got. Um, yeah. Um, okay. My life sucks, but I'm not sure where to go with all this. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good story, and what we're going to invite you to do is you really contemplate that whole thing that's going on is that you breathe. You make sure. Notice as you went through that, 
how how was your breath moving? Were you breathing? If you really just observed yourself as you talked about those challenges. And then, you know, if this were a worksheet you were doing, then you've got a slightly different situation. If this were a worksheet you'd be doing on a person, then this next thought, if they're the one with the problem, why am I the one with the pain? So, you know, generally one would be in a situation where, well, you know, Harry made me angry. And so if I'm angry, if I'm the one that's got the pain, then... You know, why am I focusing on Harry? I need to be focusing where the pain is. In this case, it's life, so it's not quite as crisp and clear as it would be with a um, with a person. And so, from there, recognizing that, so I've got I've got an energy in me that's creating pain, and if I take charge of this energy field, I can remove this energy that's creating this emotional trauma and pain. And do you suppose, you know, with the life circumstance that you're in, and, and I know you've shared quite a bit with me privately about what's been happening with your health, could at this moment, at this juncture, if you could be in perfect peace and rid yourself, and we've talked before about, you know, the... Uh, some of the work you've done previously calls traumas held in the body samskaras. You know, in this work, we're talking about realities. It's just uh, energetic patterns that we hold. And so to how do you suppose your options would be and how would you be feeling if you could bring love present to just what is at this moment? rather than all the interpretations your mind puts on it. Do you suppose that you might be in a space where you could move forward differently than you are now with this obviously very disturbing complex of energies, grief, rage, it's it's like a, a mixed ball going on for sure. And I certainly hear you loud and clear. I thought with, I thought with lightheadedness in my brain, um, it is is like and kind of like a mental nausea I have right now, which is the physical sensations I'm feeling. Um, hmm. So it's probably impacting your inner ear then, balance that sort of thing. I know you've talked before about balance being a challenge. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, it's, I don't know that the, the ear doctor said it wasn't wasn't my ears. It was the hydrocephalus, the, right. the too much too much cerebrospinal fluid in fluid. the brain. Right. Yeah. So it's creating a pressure that's throwing balance off, and similar to what the ear would yeah. be, but it isn't really involving your ear. Okay. Well, that's a good clarification. So if I were to choose to just look at this whole thing from a place of true connected love and have none of those realities or samskaras moving that are causing rage and grief, fear, sadness, loss, the whole complex of things. Yeah. What thought would I need to let go of? 
this is horrible. Um, this will always be this way. Um, um, it's your life condition. I mean, imagine if you if they amputated your legs tomorrow and that was your condition. What would you, you know? It'd be tough. Um, yeah, that's kind of how it is. I mean, it's like every freaking morning I wake up and this is the deal. Right. So. How how would it be, how would life be if you could rid yourself of the emotional component and that's going to take some serious work and wake up every morning in the condition, in the state that you're in and be at peace and connected to love through that? Do yeah, you suppose your life experience would be different? Yes, I'm sure it would be. I mean, you've been you've been dealt a pretty tough hand. And I can go raging into the night with that tough hand or I could breathe and be centered in peace and and let go of the energetic patterns that keep me in trauma around this situation. Uh Uh-huh. So the thoughts are, this is horrible. My life condition, I think that was the word used earlier. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then to to the next step, number one E. It, 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 it will always be this way. I can't do what I really want to do in life. This is getting worse. And let's. God messed me up. Yeah. Let's imagine that all of that's true. It's getting worse. There's nothing you can do about it. What would your state and the possibilities be like if you were totally centered in love, knowing that all that's so? If I was totally... Knowing that all of that is... True. It's um, true. You're stuck with it. Yes. And if I were and centered permanent. in love, and if I were centered in love, what would my what would be what? How how would life be if you woke up in the morning, and all the same things are true that you're talking about, and instead of this complex, obviously an old energy that's been around for a while, whatever we call the complex rage grief, fear, disappointment. If all of that were moved out of the way and you were just experiencing it from a state of pure being, do you suppose you might be able to see a way to live differently than your mind is showing you now with all this emotion in the way? Theoretically, I can see that that is the case. Okay. And and I'll just throw out another thought in there. You know, if we go to the opening words in the book of John, where they tell us, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh. In Aramaic, that's not what it says. What it says in Aramaic is in the beginning was the mind energy and the mind energy became flesh. 
And what? You know, in the beginning, in, in, beginning, Aram- in the beginning was, was the mind body? energy, and, and the mind the, energy and the became flesh. Okay. So, you know, there's one cell biologist, and in his laboratory, what he's shown is that when we think a thought, that thought produces a neuropeptide, a chemical, or pardon me, a molecule within the body. All of a sudden, it's non-physical, it's a thought but it actually becomes a molecule. It's what they're showing in the lab. And then that molecule circulates around in the structure till it finds a cell with a receptor site that matches, and it lands on that cell. And if we were looking, if we were inside the cell, you know, their receptor sites are like little antenna on the cell, that neuropeptide comes along and goes, oh, I've got a lock, a key that fits in the lock of this cell. So it lands and inserts itself in the cell. If we were looking inside the cell at the energy that's inserted as that thought comes in that's based in hostility or fear, what we would see entering the cell is what we call chemistry. Okay. Now, I I don't recall in the several conversations we've had about this disorder that's going on, I don't recall them ever telling you that they knew what a cause was, just that, you know, there was excessive cerebral spinal fluid that was creating pressure on the brain, and and they were trying to shunt that fluid off so that the pressure would go and you'd be more comfortable. Yeah. Can can you conceive of a... Go ahead. Yeah, they're not... they, they, They postulated that and they've showed me the MRIs where, where you can see the, the the ventricles are expanded, which means that there's too much fluid up there. Too much there. pressure. Yeah. They they yeah they the fluid is creating the pressure, and they they've talked about um, that they that they one of the theories is that it comes from head trauma, like a concussion or three. Um, right. And I've had several. Uh, that, that, and, but they don't know. They scratch their heads at the rest of it, at what really causes right. it. Well, if you think about a cartoon that we've all seen a hundred times, there's a guy who is facing something in his life, and the steam and the smoke is coming out of his ears, and he's about to blow his top. Yeah. Have you seen that cartoon? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Is it possible that the pressure that your brain is under, that that there's a physical manifestation of, when we talk about how we're creators, is it possible that this uptight situation of frustration, again, I'm going to refer to it rather than just the grief because we're really dealing with a a more, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a soup that's been cooked together. There's grief in it, there's rage in it, there's fear in it, there's sadness in it, there's loss, there's hopelessness, there are all kinds of things going on with it. Can you imagine a world where maybe you're that cartoon character and that that chemistry coming into your structure might be at least a contributing factor to why there's this excess pressure building up? Yes, yeah, sure. And do you think the... 
those who, you know, I mean, we can go back into, I can remember, you know, when I was a kid, cartoons, old, old cartoons, and here's this guy, and it's just, you know, the smoke's blowing out of his ears, and he's just in that state. And if you can imagine that, that, that maybe that's you, could you imagine a place where all the parts of you that hold tightly to create that kind of pressure can start to let go? And as they start to let go, that the concentrated pressure, which is showing up literally just like the cartoon character showing up in your head, that that pressure starts to back off. And maybe as you learn to forgive and, and, you know, it seems like, well, this is so physical. How could forgiveness have anything to do with it? My, my offering would be that forgiveness is the ability. It's a skill we're inviting people to develop. And this is something that I've developed the understanding of over the last 40 years or so of working with Yeshua's first century Aramaic forgiveness process. And what we're really asking people to do, instead of functioning out of the dynamics that are established, well established within, within themselves through their genes, through their life experiences, and it's just what's there and it's what runs the situation. And it's, in this case, it's that kind of buildup of pressure, including that rage that you, you spoke of. Could you imagine that if you could perhaps remove those energies, literally go into the cell develop the skill and the ability to go into the cell where that neuropeptide has inserted itself and altered the chemistry of the cell and created this condition? Could you imagine yourself having the skill of literally being able to reach into your own cellular structure and each time the mind energy of rage impinged on your cells and did damage there that you could perhaps recapture that, pull that energy back out of the cell and dissolve, literally dissolve that neuropeptide, which is nothing more than a solidified thought of, you know, some sort of pain, trauma, hopeless, helpless, whatever all the dynamics are. Could you imagine yourself getting to a point where you could do enough work to start to pull those energetic patterns out so that literally, you know, if I, if I think about what you're experiencing, if I, if I allow my physiology at this moment to generate or imagine generating that complex of emotion and the complex of thoughts or neuropeptides behind it, I can, I can almost feel like my gut tightens, my pelvis tightens, my hands, my arms pull in, my chest tightens, and everything just kind of locks up. And, and that lock up creating that pressure that's pushing up and creating a space where this XX fluid has nowhere to go because there's so much pressure holding onto it. Could you imagine uh-huh. yourself being able to, to remove those patterns one by one? It's a lifetime of patterns. You know, if you remember back, uh, oh, I don't even remember how many years ago it was in Coeur d'Alene when we talked, to, we, we did the uh, codependence to interdependence workshop. And I remember you uh-huh. being there 
and uh, yeah. talking about the behavior of the power person and how shocked your mind was to realize that under stress, the dynamic that we exposed in that workshop where under extreme stress, I do what my power person did to me that I hated the most. That habit creates a tension. Extreme stress, I do um, what my power person did to me that I hated the most. Okay. Yeah, I remember. And with with the, the few times that you've communicated to me around this and you know, a couple of days ago that there was so much rage coming up for you and then today that rage coming up again does that rage look anything like what your power person used to play out with you is this a generational habit and when goals that you hold are frustrated is that kind of your go-to emotion anger rage Frustration? I think I can see that, yeah. Uh-huh. So could you yeah. imagine yourself now, you know, just like sitting at the pinnacle of going, hmm, rather than life has dealt me a hand, look what I've done. Not look what I'm to blame for or I'm guilty of or I'm bad or I'm wrong. Just, oh, I didn't know what I was doing to myself, so now I'm going to reverse the trend, and I'm going to start to undo that power person dynamic. I'm going to start to undo that response in me, and literally in undoing it, literally the skill that's developed is going back destructive mind energy by chunk of destructive mind energy right back to when, you know, if dad was a rager, I was there with my energy field wide open just taking that rage in and creating that kind of pressure. It actually creates a a state that's called sympathetic dominance where blood is shunted to the large uh, muscles and to the lungs to enable us to breathe deeper and to get ready to fight or run. And, of course, if you think about you know, I remember watching the street, actually a, a power person dynamic that I had to work with was with my dad, and he had been brought up in the streets of Glasgow, Scotland, and it was pretty tough. And when I watched the movie, I don't know if you've seen it, The Streets of New York, I kind of got a taste, kind of got a sense. You know, I brought, was brought up in a whole different world than that Streets of New York or the, a street kid in Glasgow, Scotland, But I got a sense of why my dad carried the kind of rage that he carried and how I became the object of it and how at some point I had to come to terms with it and begin to forgive, literally, and and not in any any Greek sense of let somebody off the hook for it, but literally develop the ability to go inside myself and remove these energetic patterns that create this cellular tension that end up with, in in your case, this particular disorder. And, John, I I can just say that I I could imagine you stepping in and doing some deep work here you know, really tapping into this worksheet and developing ability to pull thought by thought, rageful thought by rageful thought, grief-stricken thought by grief-stricken thought, and your whole cellular structure starting to soften and open right down into your pelvis, right through your chest, and this pressure, this excess fluid, rather than being pushed into the cerebral spinal cavity, 
and creating this excess pressure, letting go. Okay. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that for yourself? Yes, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, uh, you know, what what it's going to entail you doing, and I'm saying this for projection because I've been there, done that. What it's going to entail quick, you doing quick, is quick, ever. Quick, quick. Yes. Is this, yep. in the, this in the same general arena as Bruce Lipton's The Biology of Belief? That's it exactly. That's it exactly. Change your perception, change your, your chemistry. It's Bruce that proved that the thought becomes a neuropeptide, lands on a cell, and inserts itself in the cell and becomes chemistry. And when I have the ability to recapture that, literally, that neuropeptide, that molecule that's stuck in that, those receptor sites in that cell, when I can pull that out, I'm literally extracting chemistry from the cell. You know, if you, if you put, imagine, take your, your right hand, if you would, and kind of uh-huh. make a half, a half a fist. It's open. Your fingers are open. And then take your other hand and imagine interlacing your fingers and watch how your, okay. your, the tips of your left fingers from your left hand move inside the, the pocket that you're forming with your right hand. Yeah. And that's a picture of the cell with a neuropeptide, an assault neuropeptide coming into it, and your fingers would represent the chemistry that disturbed the cell. And forgiveness would be the ability, literally, to extract, to recapture, to pull that neuropeptide, literally that molecule, out of the cell. And as you do, you know, with the the demonstration you were going with your hands, as you pull the fingers in the left hand away from the right hand, that chemistry is extracted from your right hand, from that cell. And the cell can go back to a balanced function. And so I could see, John, where if you can recognize perhaps how your structure has found itself in the position that it's in and that, yes, there is a mindset where you can be a victim of it and go, oh, well, this is just my lot in life now. There's nothing I can do about it. Or, hmm, I can see perhaps, I'm not saying this is absolute fact, but for me, it sounds a whole lot more hopeful than, oh, well, this is my life, lot in life and I'm stuck with it. I can see where, as you can remove, again, thought by thought, in cases going right back to the moment where dad raged and your tissue structure tightened in response to it. And as you recapture those energetic patterns and realizing yourself as the presence of love, not that self that your father told you you were, your power person, whoever that was, told you you were, but realizing yourself as love, you can literally start to delete all of that energetic pattern. And my offering would be you can rebuild your whole cerebral spinal fluid system. The whole cerebral spinal cavity right up into the brain that that can be restructured because there's nothing permanent about its condition. Its expression at this moment is this because they're the energetic patterns that are in it. You know, if I'm sitting watching TV 
Well, we'll go back a few years because the TVs aren't quite that vulnerable these days. But if I'm sitting watching TV and somebody pulls into my driveway with a car, all of a sudden the expression on my TV set is a mess. It's rolling. It's flipping. Remember when TVs used to roll sideways and snowy and I can hardly hear it? Now, I can struggle yeah. with the TV forever, but until I remove that, shut that engine off out there that's creating that signal, the expression is going to be distorted. And right now, your expression, your physiology is certainly distorted. And according to the way the medical world would look at it, it's a permanent condition, nothing you're going to do about it. You're just going to live with it. My offering is it's not a permanent condition. It is a state of your energy system at this moment. But a consistent, persistent effort to reverse all those years of rage and tightening, closing down the spaces, which increases the pressure. By reversing that, the spaces get to relax and the pressure goes down and your brain returns to normal. Okay. Now, of course, to do that, all you're going to have to do is handle every moment of rage you've ever had in your life and maybe a few from your genes and maybe a few from your power person. But hell's bells, it sounds like a whole lot better than just sitting around going, oh, well, this is just the way it is. I'm powerless because you've got power over this. You're going to have to develop new skills, the skill of removing rather than just going along with what's already stuck in the cells. When that rage comes up, when that grief, whenever, whatever, all the aspects of that complex of emotion that's there, when it comes up, that rather than just falling into it, buying into it, and letting it run you back from it, you kind of become the thinker apart from the thought, the feeler apart from the feeling, the actor apart from the actions, and you go, hmm, gee, I can feel that tension in my feet. I can feel that tension in my groin. Yeah, I can feel it in my chest. I can feel it in the back of my neck. And... This energy's not good for me. This energy's destroying me. Yeah. So am I willing am I willing to touch into what's at the root of this energy and set a new path for my life of every time it comes up I stop, I soften, I let loose of it, I let it go free. Okay. How's your back doing these days? Um, it was, uh, it, it's, it's, it's mildly symptomatic. Of course, I've gained, I've gained weight in the last couple months, which doesn't help. It's, no. it's mild. Symptomatic. Okay. So, so then. Go ahead. Say it again. It had no symptoms for a long time. So do you remember when those symptoms shifted? I do, because we were in a conversation about it, and you were laid low in your bed with such excruciating back pain that you couldn't walk. Uh-huh. And I remember the day yeah, you sent me a text while you were watching Dr. Sarno's video, All the Rage, and in your text, if I remember correctly, I think I can quote your words were, damn, this pain is caused by me. Uh-huh. And you let loose. My, my okay. assessment of what you did that day and other days that you did that work is you were literally pulling those neuropeptides out of the tissue in your low back 
and you know what had laid you up for years was gone i don't, I don't know well, I'm thinking back to when we were communicating about that. I think you were laying on the bed and you were texting me as you watched all the rage and you had the insight that you were the cause, that, that it was what you were doing with your thinking that produced that pain in your back. I remember and reading I, I remember reading Sarno's book 20, 20 years ago. I don't remember all the rage. I, I do remember reading the book um, some time right. ago. Well, I'm going to just give me a second here. I am looking. I'm actually going back through my text because you sent me a text, I, and I recall it. There will be people who are listening to the radio show will recall it because I actually, it was live on the sh- when I was on the show when you sent me that text. Okay. And I'm looking for that text. I know I, I didn't delete it. That wouldn't be the first time I'd forgotten something. Well, yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I'm just looking through my text. I've got quite, we've been communicating quite a bit over the last couple of years, John. But you and I were communicating by text as you were watching that video. And I'm breathing as we do this. Oh, here it is. I just found it. So you might remember communicating with me about I had told you that the movie that was going to cost you $5 and I was incorrect. <laughs> you told me this would only cost me $5 and it was five ninety-five, <laughs> tongue in cheek. And then here's the text that you sent me. And this is on, uh, let's see. This is the 1st of uh, the 27th of January in 2020. And you're watching, you're watching all the rage. I had suggested that. And here's what you texted me. 35 minutes into it, and my back starts to ache, as it usually does. And I remember, oh, that's the rage in my mind body. That's just rage or anger. And damn, the pain goes away. LOL. Oh, how about that? How about that? So I am copying that. Good. Text. And I just sent it to you, so you'll get it in, on your phone any second. So you've done this once with, and I remember it was over a period of many months that we talked about how debilitating your back pain was excruciatingly so and you know i remember you telling me how you couldn't even get up off the bed yeah and there was your insight this is my rage just like the cartoon character with the steam blowing out his ears with that 
and you change that back pain, John, you can change the situation of your cerebral spinal spinal fluid the same way. Okay, cool. I'm all for it. But you're going to have to change the mind energy that you have allowed to run your physiology. You're going to have to, every time it comes up and you want to go into that kind of mindset, and just, you know, think about that, that response. And if you just think about that response, what does your whole body do? It responds. And you're going to have to refuse that inclination and instead look at the circumstance and the goal you're holding for life at that moment. And every as time you... I feel grief, every time I feel grief or hurt or upset or sadness, about my this life whole complex. Yeah. Correct. I, at that point, and I do what? You can do the same thing as you did with your excruciating back pain back in 2020. Okay. You can alleviate the pressure of that. At that point, it was from your lower spine. And, and my offering would be that rage that you touched into and went, wow, when I realized it was my rage, the pain went away. That's part yeah. of the complex. You know, the cerebral spinal fluid goes right down through the whole spine, and the the locking up of that tissue that created that excruciating pain, that's part of what has constricted the cerebral spinal, the space in which the cerebral spinal fluid flows. And, and you know, if you, if you take any container and it's got, you know, X amount of fluid in it, and then you shrink the container by 20%, what's to ha- what has to happen? The pressure in the container has to go up 20%. So okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm offering that that day, and you, know, you can read that text to yourself whenever you need to be reminded. You wrote it. Damn, that's my rage, and the pain went away. LOL. You laughed about it. Okay. All right, I shall. And the consistent, persistent way of getting into deeper and deeper places rather than just a surface. Oh, that's my rage and I can let it go, boom. As you become more specific, and that's where the worksheet takes you, as you go into and look at what's the goal I hold, you know, gee, here I am laying on this bed with excruciating back pain, and I want to just be able to comfortably get up and go to the bathroom, and I am so pissed. Where does that energy go but right to where the pain is? Where do I, and how do I do the rest? How do I do the rest so, of the Okay, so let's just carry on then. So you're at the point where we're looking at punishment. So if you were to, you know, thinking of life as a person in this circumstance when your mind is in this complex of, emotional energies and thought energies, what would you do? How would you lash out at life? What would your punishment be? Um, I've I've thought of suicide, um, ending ending my life. um, Right. So... That's the you know that would be the punishment for life. Number one e is what's my punishment toward life and punishment for, toward myself would be the same suicide. Yeah. 
So then you'll see that there's thought, a... I've, I've not thought of suicide as a punishment. I've thought about, okay, if this no. thing continues and I start going into dementia, I don't want to be around for that. Right. This disease does go, does, there's, you know, it, it does go into dementia um, or right. can. And I don't want to be around for that. Right. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't sit around contemplate suicide. I just, right. I, just, I got it. I, well, okay. Yep. But that's, but then think of this again, this whole complex that I'm referring to of anger, rage, um, grief, loss, hopelessness, all of that, that a part of that complex, a part of, part of that stew that's cooked in is, well, then I'll just get out of here. I'll commit suicide. And yeah. that would be just one more piece of mind energy that would create deleterious chemistry in the cell that that neuropeptide lands on. And so one by one, you want to touch in and remove those things, acknowledge them. And so the next step, you'll see there's a checkbox for the release and surrender. So the first checkbox, I release and surrender myself, my emotions, my story, my thoughts, and punishment to love. And I cancel my need to be right, to make up another story out of these brain cells to hallucinate proof that my fear and hostility-based story, my reality is true. So am I, am I willing to surrender all of this power person energy, all of this rage and pain? Am I willing to surrender it to love? Am I willing to bring it forward? You know, there's a wonderful line in The Course of Miracles that says, bring the world you do not want to the one you do. Okay. And obviously the one you do want is one of serenity, peace, connectedness, and a joyful life. So can you tap into yeah. the part of you that, that is that serenity? You know, it's interesting in the, the Aramaic where they say that Yeshua says, I, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. It wasn't, the word wasn't peace in Aramaic, it was serenity. So can you imagine stepping into this space of serenity and allowing all of this old complex weaved from the earliest of childhood and weaved for you genetically before you ever came into the body that you start to embrace that and start to process through it and let it remove it, literally forgive it, literally removing it from the neuropeptides from your cellular structure. And the show, we're coming to the end of the hour, so maybe we can pick this up tomorrow, John, and continue. I've got quite a bit to digest already. What time, what, what time do you want me to call tomorrow? One o'clock, one o'clock. The show, Dr. Tim does the first hour from noon to uh, to one, and then from one till two. So we'll just hold the space for you for tomorrow, and at one o'clock we'll continue this conversation, my friend. That's, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I got my calendar out here. Um, oh, January. 19th. If the show cuts us off, the auto, it's going to automatically cut us off, John. So I may yeah, lose yeah. you, what, but if I do, what, 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 you, say, you say one o'clock. One o'clock tomorrow. Yes, sir. Okay. Let's okay. right. pick up you. right from here and carry on the conversation. Thank you, Michael. Awesome, my friend. Appreciate you. Blessings.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.